Welcome to Word First Radio, the podcast of Word First Ministries. Tune in each week and join us as we pursue God's command to make disciples of all nations. What is up, you guys? Welcome to Word First Radio, the podcast brought to you by Word First Ministries. And I am joined by my friends Bailey and Cameron. We got lots of good stuff to talk about today, including God's amazing miracles to bring us to Norway and how we're trying as best as possible to integrate ourselves into the Norwegian culture. So we're just going to go ahead and jump right into it. Bailey, can you open us up with prayer? Yeah. God Almighty, as we um, look forward to the work that you have for us, I pray that we would... um, spend this time and that it would be good, um, effective time of us just reflecting and looking back at the miracles and the work that you've already done, um, how you got us here in the first place, all the things that we're going to talk about today. I pray that they would encourage us and last in our memories um, so that we would step forward with that in mind. Lord, we love you. We pray this in your name. Amen. 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 Uh, so, if you haven't heard, uh, I know a lot of our friends back in California probably know, but the Word First team has been in Norway for about four or five months now. Uh, and one of the things that we talk about a lot and that we're focused on as far as our mission goes is to integrate ourselves as much as possible into the Norwegian culture. So, Cam, actually one of the things that you want us to be aware of is while you were training with IMB, yeah. they made it a very important point to make the gospel clear yeah. and to remove any potential barriers to the gospel. Why don't you talk to us a little bit about that? What, what does that even mean? Yeah, so sort of the word in the biz, there's a dumb way of putting that, is contextualization. Mm. And um, you run some risks when you do that, but the, the idea is this. The idea is that um, the gospel itself is, is offensive. The idea that I've offended perfectly holy, almighty maker of the universe. Mm-hmm. And that there's nothing I can do to repay that. Mm-hmm. And that humanity bears the guilt of the sin of crucifying him or the humankind put God of the universe to death. And that that makes a way for me to be reunited with God. I mean, there's enough in there to make people recoil, yeah. right? So mm-hmm. the sort of since the beginning of humanity, um, maybe a universal part of the human experience is the sense of guilt and weight. And there's something I'm, I'm in trouble. There, there's something wrong. I've, I've displeased my maker, something like that, some vague sense that whatever made me is, is not pleased with me. I'm separated from that. I'm, I'm an alien. And so the natural response for people is to figure out what I can do about that. Mm-hmm. How do I become unalien? And there've been several answers to that question. It turns out all of them are false except for the gospel. Um, which is one of the reasons it's so urgent, right? If we want yeah. to be members of God's family and enjoy his company and the company of one another forever, I mean, it's a really narrow path, like Jesus has to say. So just built into that story of the gospel, what was it that separated God and humanity in the first place, and how is it made right? Um, that's, that's, a, that's a spiky story. I mean, that, mm-hmm. that's, di- that's a difficult uh, pill to swallow. Maybe that's a bad way of putting it, but that's a difficult thing for people to, um, to grab onto. Mm-hmm. Well, we want that to be the only difficulty people have with the gospel. I mean, we want it to be right. just your own nature yeah. and your character and your rebellion against God. Those things that are already a part of, uh, you know, all of humanity apart from being saved, as, mm-hmm. as Scripture puts it. <clears throat> Pardon me. So, what we want to do is, as we enter a new culture, being outsiders, being actual aliens outside of this culture, how is it that we can break down barriers? 
that would make the gospel less than clear. Like mm-hmm. what? Not, I don't just mean relationally offensive, although that's part of it. But it's like, what are the barriers people have to knowing and understanding the gospel? There's plenty that we, plenty of reasons for us to reject it once we understand it. But what are the things that are preventing people or making it more difficult to, to understand? And so, uh, I mean, that's part of the work we're up to now, which you talked about a little bit. Um, but it is that thing. How is it that we? sort of gain entry into a culture and how is it that we understand the people and the rhythms and the expectations and the values and the mores mm-hmm. and all that? Like how do we understand that well enough so that we can be, uh, we can live out and explain the gospel because it's the power of God unto salvation. How is it that we can do that kind of work in a way that uh, has as few barriers as possible? Mm-hmm. Let's uh, do a real quick example of what you're talking yeah. about. One of the ones that you shared with us mm-hmm. um, when we were first started talking about this. So not in a Norwegian context, because yeah. we still have a lot to learn. Oh, yeah. But uh, let's imagine I'm a Hindu, mm-hmm. and you're in India, and you have just told me that I have to be born again. Yeah. So in that culture, <laughs> if you don't explain what born again means, what are they going to hear? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So of, of course you need to be born again. I've been born again many times, and I'll be <laughs> born again many more times. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, which is not to, of course, poke fun at all of, a, of anybody who is a practicing Hindu. I mean, mm. of course, their narrative about the world is false, and mm. it does not. It does not lead to salvation. There's only yeah. there's only been made one way of salvation. Um, but nevertheless, the point is not to poke fun at that. That's to say that even our own Christian language, right? We get saturated in it. We're so used to saying. Uh, to saying certain things, and we have a rhythm and a way of speaking. I remember another example was one time my daughter, Chirsten, she was four or five years old, and I, we were driving home from church, and she was singing, uh, It's your breath in our lungs, mm. so we pour out our grace. We mm. pour out our mm. grace. What's the problem with her singing that? That's not the lyric. That's no. not the <laughs> lyric. Yeah. The line is, so we pour out our praise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But even my five-year-old, knew enough of this sort of, she had inherited yes. or, or had sort of absorbed enough of this Christian dictionary mm-hmm. that to her, she was seeing with all her heart, we pour out our grace and she didn't, she had no idea what it meant. It was just one of the words in her vocabulary. Yeah. So to say to maybe a, a Hindu person, somebody whose um, understanding of the world, whose worldview includes reincarnation to say, listen, if you want to be saved, you have to be born again. Someone like that might say, yes, I agree. Uh, but it turns out you're not talking about the same thing at all. Yeah. And so uh, that's, that's, I mean, at a very foundational level, that's something that you have to understand before you can even make sense of the gospel. How do I explain to such a person? No, no, no. What you mean by born again, what I mean by born again are wildly different, essentially opposite things. Mm-hmm. If I don't even come to grips with their, with the dictionary that they're using, right? Or maybe they use the same, uh, <clears throat> we use the, the, the same terminology, but we have very different understanding of, of what that terminology means. Yeah. I mean, I can just, speaking from like my own experience and growing up in the church and around um, different uh, beliefs and uh, in the States, like mm-hmm. I can think of so many different examples yeah. where that is applied. Like, you know, you have lots of different, um, I guess, I don't, what, what can be called like cults of Christianity yeah, yeah, of that use our same vocabulary. They use words like faith, works, grace, atonement. Yeah. They use all, all the same vocabulary, mm-hmm. but their dictionary is completely different. What right. they mean by those words is completely different. And you have these uh, examples all throughout Scripture as well. I think one of the most prevalent ones is when Paul approaches uh, the men in Athens, right. like the Areopagus, Areopagus, Areopagus. Um, 
And so he, he even uses their own philosophers. You can read about this in Acts 17. He uses their philosophers' kind of ideas to make a bridge for the gospel. Yeah. He's like, you guys have this understanding, and here's how this understanding can get you guys closer to what the truth actually is, right. which is the gospel. When we have advice from Paul, probably more than advice. Advice is too weak of a term, but Paul doesn't really issue any commands of his own uh, or on his own authority. But he tells us to be all things to all people. Right. And he really is giving us a giving us instruction to contextualize. And of course you can go way too far. Um, and mm-hmm. this is, I think the point of this is not, is not to teach a course on contextualization. Of course. We can go way too far, but as, as far as we're concerned here in Oslo, we are um, open Christians. There, mm-hmm. we, there, we have no um, desire or sense to hide that or to keep that from anybody. But then there are things that we can do as Christians, evangelists, call us missionaries. I mean, that even that, that word here has kind of a connotation, so some, you won't really hear us refer to ourselves that way too often um, because the Mormon missionaries are here mm. and the Jehovah's Witness missionaries are here yep. and whatever you have to say about those groups, we definitely have um, different beliefs in foundational yeah. core issues. Mm. Um, but um, all of that is to say, <clears throat> pardon me, that uh, you can go too far. We live as open as open Christians. However, there are things we can do as gospel workers that would tend to turn people's hearts and minds away from the gospel instead of toward the gospel. Or would, mm-hmm. would if our if our goal is and it is to make the gospel as clear as possible, and mm-hmm. then somebody has a real life opportunity to accept or reject it. Yeah. Nevertheless, you're gonna. I, I endeavor for you to understand what it is that I put into your hands, and you can decide. Um, you can decide in your heart whether to accept or reject the good news of Christ, but I want you to know what it is. And it turns mm-hmm. out that that's a lot more difficult to do than you might think. And maybe counterintuitively, it's difficult to do in Norway because like we talked about in the last episode, the people more or less look like us mm-hmm. and live lives that look at, I mean, they all have their, all, they all have their Macintosh computers and their iPhones and they wear warmer clothes than we do. Cause you have to say, <laughs> so Oh, you don't freeze to death. Um, <laughs> but uh, nevertheless, I mean, it's, it, they are way more like us than some more obvious places where missionaries might be. Yeah. And in that context, um, it's, it's maybe as difficult to understand where, what would you, what you need to learn, right? It's like these people look like us. They must have the same values and we can come like Americans sort of with guns blazing and cowboy boots on and kick the saloon doors <laughs> in. And sure. what we could do is terrify people or tend to make them recoil from us. Mm-hmm. And we don't want them to recoil from us, right? We, if, if they're going to be doing any of the recoiling, it should be uh, not should be, that's a bad way of saying it. But the, the only, the, mm-hmm. if they continue through rebellion against Jesus, that's mm-hmm. between them and God. Yeah. If they continue, if they rebel against me also, or if I do something that causes them to recoil from me, then that's something I have to take up with God also. What, I, what we endeavor to do is to make the gospel as clear as possible so that a person in his or her own heart and conscience is left with um, an opportunity to accept the, the work of Jesus or not. That's good. Yeah. So in two, in in one minute, taking a message of hope that yep. is naturally offensive mm-hmm. and not watering it down, but right. making it clear for an audience mm-hmm. and understandable for them. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. That's that's such a huge principle that, uh, like exactly what you were saying towards the end, it's not obvious that that's something we need to lean into right. here because again, the people look like us. Yeah. But um, we just have to always keep that in the forefront of our minds. Yeah. So Bailey, can can you share with us? Um, some of the steps we're taking to tear those barriers down and to make the gospel as clear as possible. Yeah. Um, there are some that are, you know, easy and 
obvious on the front end. Um, so we ought to speak the language that they mm-hmm. speak mm-hmm. Um, is the biggest one that's out there. And that one, um, we only like continue to learn more and more how important it is. Um, just, I think IMB refers to it as like someone's heart language. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically what the, that's getting at is just, um, well, I don't like think of any, if you have a second language, the thing you're doing when you hear someone talk to you has to be uh translation. Mm-hmm. Like you're mm-hmm. in your brain translating what they're saying and you're not able to just like hear the words and process them like you normally would. Yeah. Um, so for us very early into learning the language, um, it's just, it's exhausting and there's a ton of mental energy and you're not able to really focus on the words that the person's actually saying or the message they're communicating so much as translating, like using your dictionary in your brain. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've learned what that's uh, order coffee, right? Yeah. It's like the simplest <laughs> thing you can do order coffee in another language and look at how exhausting it is. Yes. But you're not speaking your heart language when you try to order, order coffee in Norwegian. Like that's as, as brand new people's language, that's a lot of work. And so now imagine trying to reach somebody's heart with the gospel, or at least for mm-hmm. them to understand, like I said, understand what it is that we've put into their lap. I think, Bailey, you're, you're exactly right on. Like to try and translate that thing and then speak it to your heart yeah. is, um, I mean, that's a monumental task. That's an, and that's something that, that I think ought to, be, uh, mm-hmm. ought to be torn down as best as we can. Yeah. yeah. And God, God can obviously do it. Yeah. Um, but I think with us living here and just that context, it's obvious that mm-hmm. we ought to be taking away those uh, yeah. barriers. So, yeah. um, I don't, it it's like a stupid picture, but no, I it's think- almost as if, um, like you know, they're a bodybuilder who's only worked on one, like only the left arm is super strong. <laughs> yeah. Like, like an arm wrestler. Have you seen those dudes with like the super jacked right arm? Cause <laughs> the arm wrestle. Have you seen those guys? Okay. Don't yeah. Google it. They're yeah. Studs. And then we're asking him <laughs> well, to like, studs. yeah, yeah. We asked that guy to win the arm wrestling match with his right arm. Yeah. So, it, um, it's just like mm-hmm. against their nature and it, we're working against our own mission. Mm-hmm. If we're not speaking the language that's familiar to them. Yeah. So. Well, I, I think I, thinking about that concept of like heart languages and what speaks to your heart rather Mm -hmm. than your head. Like, I feel like, you know, some of the people back, you know, in the States can relate to that. Or even if you just speak one language, like you can think like, have you ever heard like a movie line that like really sticks with you or like Mm -hmm. a song lyric that like Mm -hmm. touches your heart? And speaking in a different language, like ordering coffee, it's almost Mm -hmm. like a math problem. Yeah, Yeah. It's like, I'm not just like knowing that two plus two is four. I'm like doing the theory and working out the math and, and, uh, and the logic behind it. So yeah, it's like you're doing um, a totally different task. mm -hmm. It doesn't feel like a conversation or feel natural at all. And so now imagine what you're trying to, what you're trying to accomplish Mm -hmm. is convincing somebody Ah, maybe that's a little bit too strong a way to put it. What you're doing is confronting somebody in their heart that they have sinned against Almighty God and that they need to turn to Him alone for salvation. Mm-hmm. Like there's a that conversation just happens at a different level. It happens. I mean, mm-hmm. right? We we have every Christmas we have Feliz Navidad in the United States. <laughs> like, is are those anyone's favorite words? No. I, I mean, most of us don't even get them right. Yeah. <laughs> and and that, I mean, we're from Southern California. Like exactly. If there's, right. <laughs> if there if there are any eight words yeah. of Spanish, we should know. It's the lyrics to Feliz Navidad. Yeah. But um, those are just three of them. Those are just three of them. <laughs> <laughs> and it's only two. So. Yeah. <laughs> 
So if there's anything we should know, it's, um, but even that isn't, isn't my heart language. That's not what sticks with me. And even, um, like, like Bailey said, I'll just, I want to, I want to yes and amen. We used to like, we continue to learn how important that is mm-hmm. just as we enter conversations, like telling the cashier how many plastic bags we would like for our groceries mm-hmm. or whether we're a member of the, of the stores, whatever their, their membership thing. So you get a discount, whatever the heck that is. Thanks for that cam. And mm-hmm. one of the things that's on that same track that you brought to us when we first got here was this concept of gospel fluency. Yeah. So we're learning the language and, and that's great. But like, if I want to be gospel fluent, can I just memorize John three sixteen in Norwegian and just yeah. repeat that over and over again? No, so that's one of the excellent things that IMB has uh, has really emphasized with the with the work that we're doing here. It's highly important to them, and it's important to us um, to learn language, which is what we've, what we've been talking about. But the the term that they use is gospel fluency. So the mm-hmm. idea is like, how much of this language do I need to learn? Yeah. Because truth be told, we're sending Americans into places where you will never be natively fluent in that language and it would be a fool's errand like you could spend your whole life just studying language but then you're not doing any gospel work so mm-hmm. what's the balance how much of this language do you have to use in order to in order for it to be removed as a barrier and we call mm-hmm. that gospel fluency so you can rate like in europe they rate language um basically they give you a number a letter and a number yeah. so you know you start at a zero somebody who doesn't know the language and then you are a one and a two and yeah. b one and b two and then the, the idea is you can you can take that letter, you can take that status as like a coordinate yeah. that tells you how, what this person can do with that language. Yeah. So Those I'm, are different levels of like fluency. Different in levels of fluency yeah. in language, right? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly that. So a zero means you don't know anything. You don't, don't speak any mm-hmm. of the words of the language. And I think it's C one or C two or something. But anyways, the, the, that's one end of the spectrum. The other end of the spectrum is you understand the language so well that you can do things like read, understand and compose complex poetry and literature mm-hmm. in, in that language or you can you can write songs or you can speak extemporaneously things like that um, that's not that helpful to know how much lang- that that just isn't a helpful term so what we talk about is gospel fluency and gospel mm-hmm. fluency really just means it's really what we've been talking about what it means is to be able to speak and communicate with people in such a way that your language is not a barrier to the gospel mm-hmm. so some of the hallmarks or some of the the milestones that you might reach are things like can i read the bible in my target language for us that's norwegian um, can I do my daily devotion in that language? Can I go to a church service and understand that mm. language? Can I lead a Bible study? Can I pray with somebody? Can I present the gospel and answer questions about the gospel in that language? Mm. So that's really, I mean, that's um, a significant part of us contextualizing. Uh, that's, you know, I, I guess that's the $3 word for that's it. a good word. But contextualization, like what is it that we're doing? Why are we learning Norwegian? It's all the stuff that Bailey talked about to speak to people's hearts so that language isn't a barrier. And how do we know when we've achieved it is, are we gospel fluent? That's what we're, that's what we're aiming for. Can we talk to people seriously and answer their serious questions and maybe even objections to the God to and about the gospel in their heart language mm. so that they don't have to do um, the work of translation in their mind, you know, like us ordering coffee. Like you said, it's like doing math. Like we don't mm-hmm. want them to, do, they, we don't want the part of their brain to be engaged where they're solving math problems. We want to be able to speak to their hearts so that they can understand the gospel clearly. Gotcha. And so language is kind of like one of the more obvious ones. That was kind of what you said. It's obvious. We know that they have a different native language here. Uh, Norwegian is also not a very like popular language in that like only 5 million people speak yeah. it mm-hmm. and uh, it wasn't exactly on my radar as a young man <laughs> to learn Norwegian. They didn't even offer it in high school. No, they, they didn't. Um, 
So uh, one of the less obvious uh, kind of more barriers to the gospel or people's inherent like philosophy, like their inherent mm-hmm. presuppositions yeah. mm-hmm. just about how the world works. And everybody's got one of those. Everybody's got something like, I guess the Christianese word is called a worldview. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everyone's got like kind of a worldview for that. Um, so uh, how are we working to uh, decrease, uh, like break down those barriers, those invisible barriers? Like what are some Norwegian barriers um, that we need to knock down? As far as their worldview goes, yeah, um, I, I think the main one that we're aware of to some extent at this mm-hmm. point is um, just the scientific um, mindset mm-hmm. uh, generally with them. Um, so there's not much. Uh, the way I always describe it is like in America, I think it's pretty common for us to have a debate about religions and worldviews and all of that, um, but I feel like the discussion has been settled for a long time in Norway. Mm. Um, like it feels like decades ago mm. they decided science and, you know, the things we can see, feel, touch the things that we experience in a normal way. Um, those are like, yeah, just, so I think that's the main one that we're aware of, but mm. beyond that, there's, definitely a lot more for us to go and find sure yeah. but we don't there's a lot we don't understand that yeah. we we experience but like don't understand yeah yet. yeah there was and there it, was something you experienced the other day that was along yeah. those lines so i mean mm. we, we still sort of put it even in in the category like the own the categories that we've made in our minds is like how do you understand norwegian culture we still try and understand it in our own it's not necessarily american but in the the categories of our yeah. own experience so we yeah. so we have <laughs> we don't even like get into into their world so we're realizing and, and we're learning like, we're learning how much we have to learn because really you have mm-hmm. to learn the deep things of a culture they're, they're uh, jacob you said their presuppositions like the things mm-hmm. The things that we all know and believe mm-hmm. that nobody has written down and nobody knows why it's true, yeah. right? So why why do we say yes sir, yes ma'am? That that's right. that's a pretty easy one. Or why do we hold the door open for ladies, men? Why do we hold the door open for mm-hmm. ladies? Um, why do we say God bless you when someone sneezes? That's an even better example. Like why do we do that? Nobody mm-hmm. knows. And when you learn when you're a kid, mm-hmm. you're always like, what? That's what? But that's yeah. something you do. You're rude if you don't say bless you. If someone sneezes in class, nobody says bless you. It's like whoa. That's weird. Mm-hmm. Why do we think that's weird? Why do we think someone's rude if they don't if they don't perform this little ritual, right? Yeah. So we have to learn that about the culture that we're in now mm-hmm. among the Norwegian people. And that too is like it's regional. People you our California friends, you know, people from San Diego and LA and San Francisco uh, are very different from one another. Never mind sort of the the Central Valley. Like so, people from Fresno and Bakersfield have a very different flavor than people from Hollywood and mm-hmm. uh, and and whatever than the Valley sure. uh, or even Temecula and the and that Valley that we're from. Mm-hmm. Um, but nevertheless, like even just trying to understand people on a national level, we're trying we're trying to we need to get to the bottom and understand things like how why do they, like. Mm-hmm. What's there? God bless you when people sneeze. And so I, this was uh, the other day we were in Norskush, which is a Norwegian language class, my wife and I. And the assignment doesn't really matter, but w- what happened was we watched like a minute long advertisement from this Norwegian dairy company, right? They make like, they make the butter and the cheese and the milk and all of that stuff. And um, so this, they were advertising a kind of cheese in Norway. It's not that important, but that's what they're advertising. And the point of the advertisement was, this is Norwegian cheese, and we've been making it the Norwegian way in Norway for 150 years. So imagine that's like the punchline. 
But then they had all of these examples of like what it meant to be Norwegian throughout throughout this uh, throughout the video, and one of them was it, it's going to sound a lot more sort of lascivious than it was, but it did it, it's something we wouldn't probably see in the United States. But it was two young men kind of snuggling and smooching on a couch. Mm-hmm. That was like a, there was like a ten second vignette, and there was something about what it, like there was an association between a. Uh, between the relationship, a, a romantic relationship between two young men, mm-hmm. and this being a Norwegian product that's existed for 150 years, yeah. And yeah. I, I mean, I have, I, I failed to see the link. I don't understand how. I don't understand what that has to do with selling with selling sure. cheese that mm-hmm. is already a part of the the Norwegian um, like culture. I don't understand how those things are together, and that was just an, another sort of stark reality. As as you think, you start to learn more, and you start to to develop mm-hmm. your your understanding. Whoa. Okay. So Norwegian people value this and that's different than what I'm used to. And in the United States we value X and in Norway they don't value X. Like as we're trying to sort of learn and navigate even that structure, things like seeing two men in a, uh, two young men in a romantic relationship is related to being able to sell a very, like a niche Norwegian dairy product. Um, I don't. I don't. Get, I don't understand the link. Hopefully, mm-hmm. someday I will. But that just helps to that helps to illuminate just how far we have to go in order to be able to um, really be able to like really be able to understand people well enough in order to reach them with the gospel. That's like that's like a barrier to gospel fluency. So yeah. language is a part of it. But how's it that we speak to people who that's a thing in their mind? And I don't even understand those links. Sure. Well, it's the stuff that like is just kind of assumed and known, yeah. but no one ever really talks about. No one has ever said and it. so in America, like if we were to go evangelize at the mall in, in America, I've done that a couple of times. Yeah, and so talking to people <laughs> in the mall, like I understand uh, better their presuppositions and their assumptions and where it comes from. So like in America, uh, people from like our generation have like a really high value for things like tolerance and like diversity for like diversity's sake. Like yeah. those are high values. And so when I hear somebody say something in America that touches on that, I don't have to digest that and put that through my filter and be like, okay, well, this is because Americans have a disposition towards this kind of thing. Yeah, you don't even have to think about it. You just recognize that it's rude to act judgy towards someone. Mm -hmm. And you don't tell people that they're wrong and everyone's entitled to an opinion. Like, that's all automatic. Yeah, and I know how to tailor the gospel to someone who, whose brain works like that. Because yeah. I, I was born in the same culture. So uh, someone has a worldview where tolerance and uh, relativism, where like, you have your opinion and I have my opinion and we're fine, mm-hmm. to kind of bust the door down and say, hey, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, mm-hmm. and yeah. no one comes to the Father except through him. Like, I know how to navigate that uh, way better because I, I know how not to step on toes and offend presuppositions. And I imagine you guys would have the same experience mm. in that culture. But here, we, I, there's hardly anything that we know yet. Right. And what we kind of learned is that we have so much to learn. And you know, we've been dealing with being faithful through that process. Because um, the thing that's been encouraging me is that God has brought us here for a reason. Yeah. And God has been so faithful to us. And we it's literally so encouraging to sit and talk about like all of the miracles and all of the things that God has done to bring us here. Um, so let's just brag on God for a second. Mm-hmm. Bailey, what, what are some of the miracles that like that you can't wait to tell people about that God did to get us here? What are some of those miracles? Uh, I think, uh, so I'd start with, uh, UDI. I love those three letters. <laughs> what is UDI? To. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's the Norwegian directorate of immigration. Yeah. And uh, their waiting music 
Oh yeah, is, oh, the, man. is from so. the pits of hell. <laughs> <laughs> the first time you hear, it, you're like, "What? This isn't bad." Yeah, they could play it for two minutes to torture me, and I'd give up oh, the information in one. But anyways, go ahead. Yeah, if you're listening, please allow us to stay in the country. Yeah, don't, don't take this uh, the wrong way. Yeah. UDI. Um, yeah, so that was a whole process. Um, so I think just seeing God step into uh, government and like systems, sure, just people oh, man, man uh, operated things yeah. how many times like have you immigrated to a different country before once yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah um so doing or seeing god participate with us in that um was crazy so we had to do things like stay up until 3 a.m 4 a.m mm-hmm. when we were back in the u.s to call udi and wait on the phone for an hour or two just to get through to someone um so we had a lot of that um stuff going on um we had to fly to chicago mm-hmm. you can you can just let the <laughs> air fly out. to chicago to submit our yeah. paperwork yeah why so, why do we fly to chicago for I, some reason we had to do that thing yeah. uh the shortest version of the story is they only have a few places in the mm-hmm. u.s where you can turn in documents in person and they insisted that we hand in documents in person we couldn't just email them so right. mm-hmm. we flew to chicago long story short to do that um but uh, God got it all done. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So an, another big one is like our schooling. Mm-hmm. So the way that the five of us um, got here was through our admission into the college that we're going to. And we had a week um, when we were coming up to the residence permit um, deadline. Mm-hmm. We had a week uh, before we had to turn all of our stuff in in Chicago and um, apply for the residence permits. And we were in contact with the school and had Norwegians here mm-hmm. staying up until, again, the wee hours of the night um, and emailing us, calling us um, to make sure that we got our school applications yeah. in. Well, all this happened during the whole coronavirus thing. Yeah. And so no one was used to how this was happening. And, and American immigrating to Norway is difficult anyways. Mm-hmm. But in the midst of corona, you know, you have your school who's following their same procedures, but they're a whole different rule, a whole different book mm-hmm. of rules for Americans immigrating to Norway during this time that they're not aware of, because why would they be? And so we have things where they're telling us, oh, yeah, we'll get that in, the, in five or six weeks, but we need it done literally in five days. Yeah. Like, if this isn't done in five days, we cannot immigrate. Like, yeah. we can't go to school this year. It, it sets us back a year or 18 months. And so we had people here um, at, at your school just getting the work done, and those stories are so encouraging to mm. me, because it's not, like, it's one thing if God rolls the dice and you go, God won me the lottery, and because mm. he performed some uh, some rac- act of randomness or something. But it's not that. It's that the people of God listen to, hear, and respond to mm-hmm. the Spirit of God. And so they're willing to, because um, because they believe in the mission of the gospel, the mission of Jesus on earth, that they're willing to do ridiculous stuff way outside their normal operating procedure in order to bring more gospel workers to Oslo. And that's crazy. That to me is so much more compelling than, you know, and God does do those random kind of things. Mm -hmm. When someone tells me, and I got a flat tire and it was really inconvenient, but because of that, this other amazing thing happened and thank God for, for these, um, 
for causing this coincidence. Mm-hmm. That's real and it's good, but it's less moving to me than the people of God hearing his voice and responding in crazy ways. And we have yeah. so many examples of that. Well, yeah. One of the ones that kind of really hits home for me is during that process of um, you know, getting our student visas and having to go to Chicago and working with UDI, um, part of that process is we have to wire a significant amount of money oh, yeah. into student bank accounts because they want you to prove that you have some kind of income, some kind of uh, money to live out here. And it was uh, uh, 24 hours before we needed yeah. to send it, yeah. and we did not have the money. Yeah. And I, as a 23-year-old at that point, did not have the money. It was <laughs> At that point, it was so long ago. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it was a significant amount of money, and yeah. I, I, I was the, it was the day before we did uh, our Spotlight Sunday at our home church, um, the orchard, and I was like staring at my roof like at midnight or something, uh, panicking, mm-hmm. because uh, we needed the money in 24 hours to meet some kind of deadline um, so we can get our visas processed, and I was just praying to God. I was like, listen, God, you just, you just have to give us the money. I don't have it. I don't know how we're going to raise the money. Like yeah. you just have to give it to us. So went to bed. I don't know how I was a, a wreck. Um, we go to church. Cam gets on stage to talk to our congregation where a church we've been attending for like six years yeah. at that point. Um, he says, it, we present the mission to the congregation. We just tell it to them straight. Like we need this amount of money today yeah. and we're selling t-shirts. Yeah. The t-shirts, this is what Cam says from the stage, the t-shirts are $1,000 a piece. They laughed so hard. And everyone starts laughing, and the next words out of Cam's mouth were, it's not a joke. Yeah, that's not a joke at all. We did have t-shirts. They are on our website, by the way. Yeah, Um, you can buy one right now. And hoodies. And hoodies. You can. Uh, And we were wearing them, and we were told not to give them out because we weren't selling t-shirts. We are there to raise money. Yeah. But a lady walks up to me, and uh, she's like, hey, I'm here for my t-shirt. And I was, I laughed at her. I was like, "Oh, ma'am, it's a thousand dollars for a T-shirt." And dead serious on her face. Yeah, I just donated a thousand dollars. I want my T-shirt. Yeah, we didn't know what to do. We were because we were told not to give T-shirts out. So I just kind of said, "We'll give her a T-shirt." Yep. She paid a thousand dollars. Yeah. And we ended up selling like twelve T-shirts Something that like day. That. Yeah. And on top of that, the rest of the money came in. It was a yeah ridiculous, God, preposterous amount of money. Yeah. And and uh, and God gave it exactly to us. So the next day we could wire that money to Norway so that you could prove your living funds so that you could get your student permits. But that's crazy. And like that's, that's a no one spends a thousand dollars on a t-shirt. Yeah, orchard and people do. It's kind of yeah, it's it's fun to like kind of frame it that way. The, this miracle is like so significant because God just did it. We were yeah. praying like, God, you just have to give it to us. I don't know how we're going to do it. And he did it. Yeah. And I remember talking to my mom about it months later. She actually told me, she was like, that was the day that like I knew yeah. where it was like, all right, I'm a, I'm 100% sold on the mission. Mm-hmm. Go do it. God is with you. Yeah. And so that's obviously you know, really personal for me is that ever since that day, uh, my parents have been like fully on board with that. Well, and when we see God do impossible things, that's so encouraging because only God can do the impossible things. Right. So we walk up to a thing and it's impossible and then it occurs. And that helps us even in our, in our moments and our seasons of faithlessness. We're like, man, are we doing the right thing? Is this what God wants out of us? Is this just me? Is this feeling the pizza that I had for lunch or is the spirit? <laughs> like when we're in moments of doubt and faithlessness, um, he does crazy miracles to remind us, 
uh, to remind us that he really is in charge and he guides us. I mean, that's one of the things I've learned the most over the last year and a half with you guys is God guides us. You know, like we've said a thousand times to each other, life is not an escape room. It's not a puzzle that God has left out in front of us to solve. Mm -hmm. And if we don't solve it, then we'll have lived less than the life that God had planned. God has a plan, has a plan for your life and you got to go solve Mm -hmm. it quick or you're never going to know what it is. (laughs) Right. No, God has gifted you and given us talents and will guide and lead you into fulfilling the plan that he has for you. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's just kind of those, those like signs and wonders. Like I'm, so I understand it's an evil and adulterous generation that seeks after a sign (laughs) and miracles are like, I don't worship God for miracles. I worship God because he's God and awesome and save me from my sin. Come on. But these miracles that like God has done have just kind of been these, uh, like these stamps of approval. So Mm -hmm. like these things, like, I mean, when we, when we read off the list, like all of these coincidences, once they come together, are not coincidences anymore. Yeah. Like all of the paperwork coming together for UDI quickly, people at HLT getting together and working uh, around the clock, God literally giving us the significant amount of money in the 24 hours, getting approved for student housing in the same place, Alan getting approved for student housing when they told him there was no houses and got a house anyways. Yeah. Uh, the borders opening for students for yeah. like oh, for the, one month. Yeah, that's when the borders month. are open. That's yeah. a tiny one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, the, we did, <laughs> so we did yeah. all of this stuff, getting ready, you know, raising money, uh, you know, quitting our jobs, uh, you know, it, selling the cars, selling a mm-hmm. house, burning the boats before the borders were open. Yeah. Why did we do that? And yeah. so we, we did it and God opened the borders mm-hmm. at exactly the time we, we suspected, yeah. we suspected a time that God wanted us to come and he, he did it. He opened oh, the borders. Exactly. At we the had time. my, our permits for us to live here. So, uh, those got done in less than half the time that they ought to take because I got a hold of the right person at UDI one day. Right. And it's, it's because we got, European Union COVID passports, which are not generally issued to Americans, but we were able to get them issued to us over email. Mm-hmm. And that then I got in touch with the, someone at UDI who said, oh, yeah, yeah, give those to me and I'll get your permits done this week and got our got our residence permits done. And then because uh, because we had both of those things, we could get in the country. I mean, until very recently, like yeah. last week, there are people who've been waiting almost a year with a valid worker's permit who are not allowed into the country because mm-hmm. they're coming from a place that, that you that Norway doesn't accept their vaccination approval or whatever. So yeah, I mean, paperwork and bureaucracy, which can be a challenge for any immigrant, never mind immigrating from outside of the European Union to Norway, from the United States to Norway during the sort of COVID panic is, uh, and then that times 10. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. getting accepted to school. And we could go on and on and on. We have, uh, like we've talked about before, like we we have to keep a document of all of these miracles just yeah. so that we don't forget them. Like that, those are our, those are our altars, so that we can yes. go back and, mm. and be reminded that that God has taken us out of Egypt and to the land that He promised to us. Right. Yeah. So of course it's a very miniature version of that story, <laughs> but the same principles apply. Yes. And yeah. and if you don't remember, you'll forget. Exactly. That's it's so great that you say it like that. I. Um, one of the it's a pretty famous psalm from the Bible, but uh, it was Moses's psalm in mm-hmm. Psalm ninety, and I think as far as we know, it's the only psalm that Moses yeah. ever wrote, and it's about 
his his pleading with Israel or his pleading with God to make sure that Israel remembers yeah. remember these signs remember how I how God redeemed them out of the house of slavery how mm-hmm. he split the Red Sea how he saved you guys from Jericho you know, not yet but yeah. uh, saved you guys from you know dying in the desert how he provided quail and manna and a way through the desert and yeah. saved you from the snakes that were killing you like all of these different signs and uh, Psalm 90 is just kind of this testament for um, Israel not to forget God's goodness. Right. And I think that's one of the things that we really need to set uh, our minds on. So I really hope uh, you guys watching at home were encouraged by those stories of God's goodness being demonstrated uh, in the world where the people of God get together to support the mission of God. Mm-hmm. And I know that, I, I think I speak for all of us when I say we are certainly grateful for that and all glory goes to God yeah, for course. his amazing uh, gifts and that. So thank you so much for watching uh, this episode. We will see you again next Monday. God bless you guys and bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to Word First Radio. If you like the podcast, please like, share, and subscribe. If you want to learn more about Word First and how you can support the ministry spiritually and financially, check us out at wordfirst.us. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Word First Radio, and we'll see you again next week. God bless. God bless.